Hi, I'm Beth. If you're anything like me, you didn't go into marriage thinking that you would get divorced. But that's where I found myself. Now I'm helping single divorced moms find support, solidarity, and strength from within when they get divorced. I'm so excited that you're here. This is So I Got Divorced. Let's get to it. Hey, Kimberly. Thanks so much for joining me today. Hi, Beth. Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to have you here. I decided that one thing that I wanted to do with the podcast is that I wanted to invite women to share their stories around divorce because I really think it's important to destigmatize shame around divorce and just have conversations about divorce because I feel like it's not a thing that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited that you're here and that you are going to share your story today. All right. Well, you're in luck because I have two divorces. (laughs) So, um, you know, it's a place that I never in a million years expected myself to be. Um, You know, my grandparents were married for 70 years. My parents are at 53. And when I got married for the first time, I was 24 and I'd been dating my high school boyfriend since I was like 18. I, in my mind, I would die with that man. Like there was no, there was no hint, you know, that's just the way it's done. So, uh, and we were together for 25 years. So when it, um, when it went south, uh, it was, it was such a shock to me and it wasn't so much of a, um, you know, our love story is ended because, you know, after 25 years, it was kind of like, I don't even know if I like you anymore, (laughs) but just that idea of being a divorced person, that was shocking, shocking Mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. So did you, did you make that decision to get, okay. Yeah. No, it wasn't my decision. So, um, you know, we had been together since we were kids, really. Uh, we'd grown up together. We'd, um, you know, we had a lot of experiences together. We shared twins and there was a, you know, a big, long fertility struggle, five-year fertility struggle with that. So that certainly put a lot of pressure on the marriage. Um, and, uh, towards the end there, he started having an affair and I found out about the affair. And in fact, I still didn't leave after finding out about the affair. Uh, he agreed to go to counseling, which we tried, but just listening to him talk, like there was just no way we could make this work. We just couldn't pull anything out of it. He was, he was so far gone out of the relationship. And for me, I don't think there was any, you know, I loved him because he had been, you know, part of my life for 25 years, but I was not in love with him. And that ship sailed a really, really long time ago. So for me, it was more of a, my boys were 10 years old. I had twins. Uh, They were 10 years old at the time. So it was this idea of breaking up our family that was so foreign to me and so upsetting. And the other part of that was when we had started our marriage, I had a career and I worked. Um, But as I went through motherhood, because these were my miracle babies, you know, it took five years to get them. I had twins. I was going to stay home with them. Like I wanted to enjoy every single minute with these people because they were so hard won. So by that time, you know, I'd been out of full-time work for 10 years and I was just scared to death of going it alone. I was literally terrified. Uh, It just, it pushed me into this huge depression, funk. Um, It was just a really awful, awful time. Uh, and I was worried about my boys too. You know, you get this, you, you have this idea in your head about, oh, you know, poor kids with divorced parents. There's this whole, you know, idea that you're somehow ruining their lives. And, and so that was very much a part of my psyche at the time. So it was, uh, it was just extraordinarily, uh, it was extraordinarily difficult. And, you know, he had an affair. So he was, wasn't particularly kind in the whole divorce process. 
And um, the divorce ended up being tremendously contentious. We spent tens and tens of thousands of dollars on a stupid divorce. And it's not like we had a lot of money to begin with, but it was just, it was just so contentious. And what's interesting is at the end of the day, so that was 10 years ago, my boys were 10 at the time. They now have no relationship with their father whatsoever, because when he left the marriage, he, he just kind of left the whole thing. So one boy hasn't spoken to him in about five years and the other guy, maybe, maybe three. I mean, Christmas just passed. He didn't even call them. He didn't, you know, so yeah. So there's my long story about, um, about that divorce. And yeah, it was just, it was a shocking, shocking thing because I had grown up in, um, I'd grown up in a culture where you get married, you get married for life. And yes, your partner may drive you crazy. Yes, you may fall in and out of love, but that's your partner and you, you just work with it. So that's where I was at. And so I had many lessons to learn after, after that. Um, and I had to really change my thinking on how, um, on how the divorce would affect the kids, on the kind of person that I was. And so that just set me into a whole new direction yeah um can you is there anything like that you remember specifically about like changing your mindset around either divorce or like parenting children like through a divorce what I what I came to learn is that divorce actually um I'm not gonna say it was good for them but what it ended up doing was showing them that bad things can happen and you can get through them. So they developed a resiliency that I see that I, that is missing in a lot of other kids. Um, you know, they went through such a painful time and it wasn't just the parents breaking up, but it was, it was their dad, not, um, you know, putting in a big effort to, to be with them and, and choosing his, his girlfriend and subsequent wife over them. So that was really hard. But what it did was it just strengthened our relationship. So the three of us are such a tight unit. I certainly had to feel like I was their mother and their father. Um, so it was, you know, those years were, I mean, we had times where they'd go to their father's place and they were supposed to spend the night and I'd get calls at 10 o'clock where they'd just both be crying their eyes out, like begging me to come and get them it was hard. It was a really, really hard time, but we got through it. And my boys are 19 now and just phenomenal kids. And, you know, they look back and they feel their own strength through it. They recognize their own strength through it. And for them to see strength in me was really important too. So that was, that was my big takeaway for children. It's not the end of the world for them. It's, um, it's an opportunity for them to uh, to really, really to to grow and to become stronger and to realize that you know the world's not perfect. Everything's not going to work out for you all the time, but that's okay because you can get through it and you're not defeated. So things like um, you know doing well on exam or something like that, like that sort of stuff, doesn't really phase them anymore because it's like. I can get like, that's nothing. That's nothing compared to what I've been through. So that's really, really helped them. And for me, um, after, right after he left, um, I got a, I got a job and, you know, really just started being on my own. Like I had never, I had never been on my own. I got, I started, I started dating my husband. When I was 18 years old. I was 44 when we split up. Um, so just that idea of making my own money and supporting my kids. And it was just, it was really, it was really strange, but over time it started to feel quite good. I started to feel like I was on the right path. And then husband number two came crashing into my world. So 13 months after my first husband left, uh, my second husband arrived on the scene and we had met when we were, when I was 15 and he was 18, we met in Florida 
he was, uh, he's Quebecois and I'm English and we had met on a Christmas vacation in Florida. And, you know, we, we talked and, and, you know, that was back in the day. So we had to send each other tapes, like you plus we'd press play and record and we'd be hi, it's Kimberly, blah, blah, blah. We'd write letters to each other. And that went on for a couple of years. He ended up getting married and I went on with my life. And then um, seven years later, I got a phone call from him. Uh, except I was, I just left on my honeymoon. My mother got the phone call and said, I'm sorry, but she literally just left on her honeymoon today. So I didn't hear from again, hear from him again for another eight or so years. And at that time, uh, my kids were just little and, you know, I had three-year-old boy twins. So I was like, I can't even talk to you. Like I'm, I'm just, it's nice to hear from you, but whatever. He contacted me again years after that. And it was 13 months after my husband had left. And, you know, we met, he flew in from Montreal. We met at the airport and I just looked into his eyes and I thought, you're my person. Like I, it was just instantaneous. Um, just madly in love with madly, madly, madly in love with a guy. And, you know, he told me that I was his muse and, you know, he thought of me for 30 years and I was the woman of his dreams and blah, blah. So I fell pretty quickly, pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, he was quite wealthy. So, you know, my problems were kind of solved. You know, he, when we got married a year after that, um, he said, you know, I want to travel the world. I want to, um, you know, he lived in Quebec part-time. I lived here. So I couldn't really have a full-time job I, in order to keep going to him. And, you know, we travel five, six times a year. Um, so I, you know, I gave up my job and, and this was my, you know, I thought again, this is my person. I will, I will die in this man's arms. And that's pretty much how it went until, um, until last March when he FaceTimed me from Quebec to say, I don't love you anymore. And it's over. No explanation no apology, no reason, nothing. Just he peaced out. <laughs> he peaced out. What? Yes. He has not even been back to our home in Ontario. He has not darkened the door in nine months. It was like he died. All his stuff was just here, his dirty clothes in the hamper from when he left. Um, wow. Yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty crazy. Uh, it was pretty crazy. And obviously I broke down in a way that I never have before, fell into another depression. Um, and, and I've just sort of been working my way back um, from that one. And, you know, it was a very different experience. And I think that's, that's something that's interesting too. When you get divorced, divorce isn't the same in every kind of situation it's extremely different based on the circumstances so with my first husband he was the father of my children so my children were my first concern and you know it was very hard for me to go through the court case and all that sort of stuff because I was just worried about my kids all the time this time, and I wasn't in love with my husband anymore. So I wasn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't upset that I lost the love of my life. I was upset that my kids lost their dad. Mm-hmm. This time around, my kids weren't involved. They weren't very close with my, um, with my husband. And he lived in Quebec half the time. But this one was pure heartbreak. I have never loved anyone like I loved him. And just the fact that he could go from you're my soulmate, the woman of my dreams. I've waited 30 years for you to uh, just done, just, just done. Wow. That sounds so, well. Thank, first of all, thank you for sharing your story. Um, you mentioned resiliency with your kids, but I also have to mention that, I mean, your story is, 
speaks so much of resiliency for you. And even you, you mentioned like your kids being so resilient. And I think that just is such a testament to you and helping them navigate oh, that difficult period of their life. Like that is incredibly hard. Yeah. Um, my son was like three whenever I got divorced. So he, he doesn't really remember any of the divorce. Like he'll only know like me and my ex as being like separate, we're mm-hmm. separate families. So that has to be really hard helping 10 year olds navigate, you know, re- like remembering having memories of like your family being together mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and then the divorce. Um, but also just watch it. I, I think like watching their mom go through, through something that's really, really difficult is probably hard. You know, it was, and interestingly, you know, when they were the first time around, I was taking care of them. I was helping them, you know, the whole focus was on how do we get them to a place where they're okay. And this time around, they were, you know, they were uh, 18 going on 19 when this happened. And they were just phenomenal support for me. Like they, when they found out my one son went immediately to the closet, got rid of every trace in the back, like every trace of of the, uh, of the ex-husband. Um, I was, I was a case. I was absolutely beside myself, just massive anxiety attacks. Um, so depressed. I couldn't get out of bed. It was, it was quite awful. And they would take turns at night sleeping with me because I didn't, you know, I was too sad to be alone. And they just, they just took over. They did the grocery shopping, they cooked dinner, they cleaned the house. They, they did everything for me. And, you know, that was, again, it was just another moment of bringing us all together. Like we're our people. It's, it's the three of us. And that's one thing, you know, as I go through life, it's the three of us, like that's our, that's our group. Mm -hmm. Those are my people. Yeah. So, so you mentioned with your um, first husband that you sort of had that closure, like he had moved on and maybe like you weren't really in love anymore, but you were committed to sticking it out. What has that been like just sort of not having that closure um, this time around? Awful, (laughs) awful, beyond (laughs) awful. Um, You know, the first time around I could actually, you know, after a few years I could look back and I could go, you know what? You were right. I don't like the way you did it. The way you did it was kind of cruel. Mm-hmm. but I don't blame you. You know, everyone deserves to be happy and you did what you had to do to save yourself. And you know what? You were right. I, I, I will never forgive him for what he did to the kids, but he and I were clean. You know, it's like, yeah, I, you were right. You were right. As much as it hurt, you were right. We needed to be, we needed to end it. And, and at that time, when I had that realization, I thought, well, it was because I got to have the love of my life now. Mm. Um, so if you hadn't left me, I wouldn't have been with the love of my life. So I, you know, I have no relationship with my first ex-husband now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I call him when, if he's late on the support payment, but other than that, uh, my kids don't talk to him. I don't talk to him. So he's, that's like a chapter that's just far, far away. And sometimes I have to remind myself of that life. You know, it's just, it's like, it's just gone. Um, but with my second husband, um, it's still, it's still just, ugh, it still kills me that um, I never had any explanation. He never said I'm having a problem and how can we fix it? It was, it was like, and this was the problem in the relationship because he was wealthy. Um, there was just a huge power differential and the person who has the money has the power. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I failed to learn the first time around. And I failed to learn the second time around. So this is one of the things that I realized, you know, you have to deal with that now, but he came into my life. He chose me. He chased me for 30 years. He chose me and he created a persona And it might've been true at the time. We'll never know, will we? But, you know, he created a persona that I could not resist. I mean, he was everything 
the man of my dreams. He, he loved me. He just like, he would, he was so effusive in his love. And, you know, we'd travel, we'd go to, we were in uh, the Maldives and, and uh, Tanzania for our honeymoon. And, you know, we'd go to South America. We did, we would just these lavish, amazing, lavish, amazing trips. And I was just, I was the love of his life. And that was part of my identity too. And now for him to go, I don't love you at all. And not only do I not love you, but I don't care if you're okay. So we're in the middle of this divorce and I'm trying to, you know, it's like, I'm going to need some money from you because I gave up everything for seven years for you. Um, But, you know, he doesn't care if I'm homeless. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. And so it's just, it's shocking that the person that I fell in love with, the question is, did he exist at all? Did he exist for a time? Was he lying to me? Was he lying to himself? I don't know. These are just, these are questions that haunt me and questions that I know I'll never have an answer to. So it's, it's um, getting over that is very, is very difficult. Very difficult. It sounds really difficult. Yeah. How have you been able to take care of yourself during this time? Cause you know, we're still in a pandemic <laughs> and you know, things are still kind of difficult. Things are still crazy. Yeah. Um, well, like I said, uh, my boys have been an amazing support. Um, I have uh, a wonderful mother and sister and girlfriends who have been there for me when I was uh, losing, losing it altogether. Um, I have the help of some pharmaceuticals. <laughs> so I, I won't lie. That has been, you know, that has been a huge part of my recovery the first time around, because I plunged into such depths of depression mm-hmm. that there was no way I could climb out. Um, so, you know, that's kind of stabilized my mood a bit and I got a new job and I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm doing everything in my power to, um, to learn, to see the signs that I think I missed the first time around because I was so swept up. I was so swept up in the, in the romance and the magic of it all that I didn't take the time to figure out what my issues were, what um, the things that I struggle with. And that's why this time, you know, I feel like I'm having a transformation. I'm not just recovering from a breakup. I'm transforming because I mean, literally the universe did it again to me. You know what I mean? It's like, you can't look at those. You can't look at those two things and think that they're unrelated because they're not. And interestingly, you know, when I married my second husband, I thought, there is no one more different than my first husband. I am marrying the polar opposite. And at the end of the day, they ended up being the same person. They were people who put me on a pedestal and being with me filled something inside of them that for a time was intoxicating. For a time, it filled whatever deep hole that they had. But eventually I wasn't enough because they weren't, they weren't drawn to me, Kimberly. They were drawn to the idea of me. And I see that Mm -hmm. played out in both relationships. And I have to kind of look at myself to go, oh, wow, you like that though. You like it when someone puts you on a pedestal. You like it when someone treats you this way. So now I kind of have to re-examine okay, what is it about that that you like and why are you drawn to that? And, you know, that doesn't lead to equality in a relationship. That, again, leads to that power differential. So, you know, these are all just things that you start to think about after after a a breakup of this uh, magnitude, of this much pain. It's like you got to go deep and figure out your part in all of it, even though it looks like, oh, I was just an innocent bystander, but I couldn't have been, you know, there was still a part that I had to play. And if I ever want to have a third marriage, although that sounds insane, but 
to think that I would be married three times. But, you know, if I ever have the opportunity for that, I need to be a different person to not make the same mistakes because I do not want to be, have a third divorce. It's just even two, like when I say I have, well, I'm not divorced yet, but you know, the thought of being divorced twice is just, oh, I can't believe it. it doesn't sound like me, <laughs> but here we are. Yeah. Um, that's so interesting that you said that because that has been part of my journey after I got divorced is just really looking inward. And like, I would like to think that I had no hand <laughs> in getting we divorced. All like I was so perfect. Mm-hmm, but, exactly. like, it, it wasn't me. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's been really interesting and actually kind of um, painful looking that far inward and really looking at areas that are not healthy in my life. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, boundaries are were like missing from my life. Like it's something I'm still working on is like, oh, what is a boundary? And oh, I need, I need to have them. Like maybe I'll just be happier if I actually have boundaries. <laughs> and just like looking at like my inner child and doing some of like healing. Mm-hmm. Like my inner child has just been really painful, but really actually helpful. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think that's like part of the process in being a healthier person is, you know, doing a little (laughs) self-reflection. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the divorce being uh, the divorce is such a great catalyst for this work because it's work that we all need to do, but it's, it's so easier. It's so much easier to live in complacency just to like, just, okay, I have these feelings they are underneath the surface, but you know what? Not going to look at them because everything's okay. Everything's okay. Everything's okay. And you just, you know, you just, you gloss over it because day-to-day life is so busy and difficult. And, you know, especially when you've got kids, it's, it's madness. So you don't have a lot of time to sit there and go, Hmm does my inner child need parenting? What, you know, the the big questions you're just, I mean, I salute anyone who can do that. Anyone who can do that. Um, Because like you said, it's painful. So to approach something that is going to be really painful when you don't necessarily have an overriding reason for that's really, that's really, really hard. And I would say most of us are just going to push that, push that down because I think we all know it's there. Like you mm-hmm. feel it on some level, but we don't want to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, if I hadn't gotten divorced, I would not have been exploring no. all these things. Like yeah. I, I would have just kept living my life. Exactly. And that's, and that's the, the gift in it that we have to see. It's not a gift any of us want. Um, would I have rather lived my complacent life? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> I pick that any day of the week. Because, you know, yes, I had that, those lingering feelings, uh, you know, certain level of unhappiness that you can't quite put your finger on, but, you know, enough of my life was going well that I didn't need to think about that. Mm -hmm. So the gift for me is the fact that I have this opportunity to take the time to actually go inward, to actually think about who I want to be. Why am I not her? Why didn't I get there? You know, thinking about who I was as a 17 year old and all the potential there and all the things that I wanted to do. And now I'm 52 and you know, you think what happened? What happened in between? How did you fall so far off the rails? So with this kind of divorce, it hurts so much already that you can go, you can push that pain further because you're already, you're already in pain. And what I'd like, you know, any for your, for your listeners, what I really want to convey is that it's awful. Like I won't, I won't tell, I won't lie. It is awful. And we haven't even talked about the court process. You know, that is a whole nother horrific layer to the whole thing. But if you don't take the time afterwards to really do this work, 
then you will end up like me getting into another relationship, which you think is this relationship is amazing. It has nothing to do with my past relationship. I'm a different person now. No, you're not. You're the same person. And you're going to bring the same things into a relationship if you haven't done the work. So don't be me. Don't be that woman who runs into her second marriage and thinks, wow, I, I'm set for life because that's not what happened. And that's not to say, you know, had I been, had I been more myself, would have, would the relationship have survived? Again, I don't know because he's the one who chose to leave. And I, like, even now, even now after what he did to me, like, I just have to think of him and I still love him. Like, I, I'm ashamed to say that, but I love him. I love him. And I don't want to. And I kind of hate myself for thinking that, but, um, you know, that's where we're at. So as I go through this process of unloving him, I need to take that love for him and pour it into me, just pour it into me so that I get to the, I get to a new place. I get to a new place and I'm lucky in that my kids aren't involved this time. Because as a mom, when your kids are young and you're going through a divorce, they really are your first concern because it's, it's just so upsetting and, and shocking to have your life completely, completely pulled out from under you without you having any say in it. That's how I feel now. So that's how your kid feels. They had no say in any of this. And suddenly their life is upside down. Everything's awful. It's not their fault, but they're stuck in it. So, you know, your job is to make sure they're okay and to help them get through it. And if that involves therapy, you know, my kids had therapy for a while, um, you know, just a ton of dialogue between us, between the kids and I, um, that's what really, that's what my focus was on. So this time around, I have the luxury, so to speak, of worrying about me, just me going on my own little journey, um, trying to be that person that I was, I know I was meant to be something more than this. I wasn't meant to be somebody's wife. I was meant to be someone on my own who happens to be married to someone else. So, you know, the, there's a, the, it's semantics, but it's a different thing, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, that's just kind of where I'm at now, trying to trying to um, find the strength to do the things that I need to do because I can't not like, I know it has to be now. It has to be now. Yeah. And like you said, it's still like kind of fresh. Like it's not like something that happened like five years ago. Mm -hmm. Like it was just a few months ago. Mm -hmm. You mentioned like doing healing is, is there something specific? Like, I know you said you're not really like headed into marriage, like right away. And like, you're still doing some self-work. Is there something that you're, I don't want to say looking for, but are you like, what sort of, what are signs that things are going to be a healthy relationship that you didn't recognize? Mm, maybe that's a good question. Yeah. Looking forward. Um, you know, I think about that because, you know, we, when we talk about uh, manifesting, you know, you, you're, you, you're supposed to focus in on the, the exact um, vision of what you're wanting. And for me, a um, couple things come to mind. First of all, I want someone who is a parent who loves their kids first, because I want to be right up there, but my kids, even at 19, they're everything. They're my world. And um, my soon-to-be ex, he was a dad, but he was just kind of a, you know, he's kind of like my ex-husband in that way. Like he wasn't really close to his his daughter, and he wanted to be the most important thing in my life. So he was very excited when the kids were turning 18, but I'm like, they are nowhere near 
ready to leave. It's not like, okay, they're 18 and out the door. That's crazy. I mean, I have one kid who, you know, he's he's a neurodiverse kid. It might take a few years before he's ready to go. So I want to find someone who understands that pull, who understands that my kids are extremely, extremely important to me. And I would love it if he got to know my kids and I would love it if I could get to know his kids and just, you know, be part of that. And the second thing is I want someone who wants to grow in a relationship, who's okay with having the hard conversations because they're not in it for a good time. They're in it to grow as a person and to, um, and to be in the kind of relationship that doesn't stagnate, that grows and develops and becomes deeper over time. Not sure how to find that person, <laughs> but, but I know that this is important to me. I know that that's what I want and I haven't had. That's, that, that's been, those are the two things missing um, in, both my, in both my relationships. So, you know. I'm the kind of person who's in it for the long haul. I mean, if it had been up to me, I'd still be married to husband number one. If it was up to me, I'd still be married to husband number two. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I need to, I need to make, I, I was joking that I need to have a um, more robust vetting policy when it comes to, uh, when it comes to future husbands. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I am right there with you. And I, I do believe in the power of manifesting. So I, I think you could absolutely manifest this person. And I think you're well on your way. You're doing so much self-worth work. <laughs> and I think that can only help. Yeah, I think so. I think so. But the, the key thing that I need to remember is that that can't come until I'm in a better place and not just a better place, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm going in another direction in that, you know, I'm, I've got my podcast that's, that's, um, launching in January and that is going to, that's leading to what I hope to be a book and a whole program around what I'm doing. So, that's a whole new venture for me. And I spend all my extra time on that. And I think, oh my goodness, if I had some like a, a man in my life, I wouldn't have time to focus on this thing that's really important to me. Because you know what? My kids are 19, but they still take up so much time. They still need a ton of attention and attention that I'm happy to give because they're, you know, my, my one boy is heading off to... Um, finally heading off to university in well next week uh, although all his courses are online again but he's in second semester of second year and he has not stepped foot on campus yet because of COVID so he's been doing um, school at home and co-op from home so even though there's no in-class learning he wants to be at least on campus to you know meet some people and have have that university experience that so far he has it. And my other guy's just figuring out what he wants to do. So he's going to be, he's going to be home with me for a bit. Um, but yeah, like that takes up a lot of time and I work full time and, you know, uh, uh, because I'm still trying to get through this divorce and I don't know where I'm going to be financially. I think a lot of women on this divorce path, like that's a really difficult place to be in too. Um, if you're waiting for some sort of spousal or, you know, um, money for the kids, anything like that, you know, you're just in this, you're in this place where you don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, the anxiety comes in because, you know, you think, oh, I'm going to be homeless. I'm, you know, it's every bad thought comes into your mind as you're going through this. Um, So again, in that area, I'm just trying to keep very positive. I have my job, Um, whatever will be, will be. And I'm on the manifesting kick too. You know, I, I am manifesting a settlement that I want that is fair for me. And, you know, that's all I'm considering at this moment. But in the meantime, you know, finances are very, um, they're a little dicey right now. Um, and, you know, I don't even have to deal with childcare. So it's, 
I personally am in a better place being divorced than I was the first time around. Because when you have kids, when you're trying to work, when your kids are small, um, you know, it's a really, it's a really, really hard place to be. And I just, I applaud moms everywhere who are just making it work. You know, we just make it work. We put our kids in front and we just go. And there's a lot of people like me whose exes do not help with the kids or take part in their, in their raising. Um, you know, luckily he's never been too late with a child support payment, but he's got no involvement. It's all on me. All decisions have been on me. And that's hard when you can't share that with somebody. Do you find um, with your ex, do you have a good co-parenting relationship? No. Um, and my situation is a little bit interesting in that he's not really involved right now at all. Hmm. Um, I'm not sure if he will be in the future, mm -hmm. but right now he's not, but I have had periods of my life, um, after we got divorced where I have had to co-parent mm -hmm. or attempt to co-parent. And it was, a. <laughs> It's like one of those character building mm, things yes. that you go through where yes. I was constantly mindful of what I was saying and recognizing that I needed to be really like keep a lot to myself and just stay very to the point. Mm -hmm. But it was a point in my life where I realized the type of person that I needed to be in those situations for my son. Mm -hmm. And that was always um, just very present and, and not really saying anything about it to him. And so just, I'm going to keep my thoughts to yeah. myself. About and you know this. what? They figure it out eventually on their own. <laughs> yeah. You know, they, they know, like they, That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. yeah. You have, it's so hard. You just want to say, what you want to say about their dad. Um, but you can't. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when they're talking about someone with this kind of love and admiration, and you know that that person is, you know, being so cruel to the kid, but you can't, you can't say anything, you know, and you're constantly trying to mitigate it, you know, like, oh, baby, you know, that's not what daddy meant. You know, this is what's going on you know, you're just constantly trying to, to, to get in the middle there and try to make your kid feel better because you know, you know, the ex is not doing the right thing by your kid. And it also blows me away. Like my children are my life. I, I would die for them. Like I, they're the only people in the world where I would throw myself in front of a bus. Mm -hmm. And I can't believe that their father doesn't even want to see them. You know, it just, that blows my mind. I couldn't be without them, you know, for they're older now, but you know, when they were kids, like I can't be away from them. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, that's really, that's really hard to get your head around. Yeah. It's been really interesting around the holidays, especially since my son, he does remember his dad and he does love him. Mm -hmm. And he said that, you know, that's, that's what he wanted for Christmas is that he wanted to see his dad. Mm -hmm. And so it's been really just challenging. Yeah. Going through those emotions and, and still honoring like what he wants, like still acknowledging, mm -hmm. like that's what he wants. Mm -hmm. And so it's been this weird place that I'm in where I'm like, well, he, he could absolutely see it. Like his dad could see him, but he's mm -hmm. hasn't tried. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. Yeah, and because you can't be truthful about that, mm -hmm. um, you know, you always have to put it in a way that seems like he's very interested and it's just some other circumstance that is keeping you apart. And it's kind of hard. Yeah. It, it is hard. Um, I've tried to stay very matter of fact about it. Like, I, I don't I truly don't know mm -hmm. when you'll see him. I don't know what's going on. And just being yeah. there, like just being present. And, and your guy's me. little, your guy's little too. So there's not, you know, it's way more difficult mm -hmm. to explain 
things. You know, my kids were a bit older. So, you know, I could say to them, you know, I know daddy loves you. I know that he loves you, but he has a really hard time expressing this. Or, you know, when we do this, it brings up a lot of this in your dad and that makes him feel really uncomfortable, but I know he loves you. So, you know, that kind of, you know, that kind of got them through sometimes, like just to understand that, you know, your dad, your dad is an imperfect person, but he loves you in his way. And, you know, I'm so sorry that he can't love you in the way you need to be loved, but that doesn't change your worthiness of that love. It's Mm -hmm. he's the one with the problem. He's the one who has difficulty, not you. You're okay. You're full of love. You know, what you're thinking is, is, is a okay. It's not, he's not rejecting you so much as he just has an issue about this, or he has, you know, I often say, look at his mother, look at grandma. See, do you understand why daddy is the way he is? And they're like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, I kind of do. I said, you know, daddy grew up with a mom like that. You know, you grew up with a mom who's just loving and, you know, caring for you. Your dad grew up with a mom who's very cold and mean. So, you know, daddy just doesn't understand. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I found that kind of thing did help them to see dad as a separate dad and his feelings for them as a separate thing. You know, Mm -hmm. dad as a person is limited because of these particular things, not because the kid is not good enough or whatever. It's that, you know, daddy has some problems that, you know, hopefully he'll get through, but. Yeah. What are your son's views on marriage? (laughs) Um, Well, what I do hope, I mean, they're both, well, my one guy's very, he's an engineer, right? So he's very logical and completely focused on, um, focused on his future and what he's doing. Um, what I hope is, what I hope is they've learned, they've learned to respect women in a way that they see their power, they see their strength. Um, and, you know, this is another great thing. Um, my soon-to-be ex-husband told me, I, I asked him why the marriage, like why he changed his mind. And he said, I tried to tell you, but you cried every time. So I couldn't tell you. It was impossible. I quote, it was impossible to tell you anything because you would always cry. So with my boys, they can handle a woman crying. They can understand the emotion. I find that a lot of men can't, can't deal with that emotion. They can't, they can't take it in. They can't feel it. But both my boys, you know, they cry, they have emotions, they can name all their emotions. So I think going forward, that's going to put them in a good place. And they're also, you know, I don't think they would ever cheat on their seeing what I went through. I don't think they would ever cheat on their wives. I hope so. Uh, you know, you, you never know what they take away, right? These are the things that you hope you've, you've um, expressed to them, but you know, they have girl cousins that they're very, very close to. So I think they, so in that way, not having that male energy kind of, you know, giving them any sort of toxic max, max, masculinity, they don't have that because they were raised by a woman and their best friends are girls. And, you know, so who knows? They're certainly not in any hurry to get married or have girlfriends. They're just like, you know, I got a plan. This is what I'm going to do. Wow. Well, I mean, they're still young. They're babies still. They are. They really <laughs> are. They're still my little bubbas. So yeah, we'll see. Can we'll see. Kimberly, this has been such a good conversation. Thank you so much for sharing all of the things. Do you want to tell us more about the podcast that you're starting in January? Oh, absolutely. Well, it's been, it's been a long time coming. I'm sure you felt the same thing as you're, you know, you're trying to, to launch this. 
And, you know, you record it like 20 times because you're like, oh, cringe when you hear yourself talking and, you know, just constant setbacks like that. But I've decided, you know what, we're doing it. We're doing it. So January 13th, it comes out. It's called the Breakup and Break Free podcast. Um, You'll find it on Apple, Spotify, you know, pretty much wherever, wherever your favorite podcasts are found. Um, And really, it's, um, you know, it started out as a in my mind, it was going to be helping people get over a breakup. But as I've been going through my own process, I realized that that's not enough. That's not what it's about. It's about using that breakup as a catalyst to become the person you're meant to be. It's a story more of transformation. So, you know, although we will talk about something's breakup, something's divorce, um, but I also see it too as, you know, talking to people about their own personal transformations. How have they made their dreams come true? What kind of techniques they do to get through um, anxiety? You know, all, all these things related to moving, moving forward in your life and, and keeping up that momentum. Because as we all know, momentum is a tricky thing. So mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I find it's this, this, this whole idea of the podcast is pushing me forward. And my goal for it is to just, you know, lock hands with people and bring them along on this particular journey to being the best people we could be. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I'm excited for you. Well, thank you. I'm excited too. And uh, yeah, I'm, I am excited. And, and I know it's just once you, once you get the ball rolling, you know, it, it, it will, uh, it will work out. So yeah, I'm excited. Here's to 2022 because 2021 <laughs> sucked large. <laughs> Yes. Let's move on to bigger and better things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Are you, are you also break up and break free on like social media? Yeah. On IG and uh, Facebook. Okay. Break up and break free. Awesome. I will make sure to put your social handles and your podcast name in the show notes. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited for this episode to go live. Oh, perfect. Well, I can't wait. Let me know when it, um, when we can hear it and just, I wish you all the best Beth. It's a, it's a process, but you will get through it and your son is just going to be, you know, so grateful to have you as a mom and things, things get better. Things turn around. Just takes a little bit of time. Yeah. Yeah. And best of luck to you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to So I Got Divorced so that you don't miss an episode and follow me on Instagram at So I Got Divorced. See you next time.